We're rolling. This is the good one. Take five. Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future for 30 Under 30. Like that agogic accent? That was good. That was very, very dramatic. I felt, I felt the drama there. Thank you. So, Alex, how you doing? Doing well. It's been a couple weeks since, I actually probably about a month since MAGFest, and I've been feeling the post-convention blues. How about you, Colin? I am also feeling the post-convention blues, and that's actually an interesting thing that you said there, because that is basically what we're using this episode for. <laughs> we're using this episode to talk about our post-con blues, and to talk about the cons that we went to. I think maybe just so we can keep them just alive just for a little longer. A little bit, keep the flame going. Exactly. Before we do that, do you want to uh, present or present? Do you want to talk about what we talked about last week on the show? What did we talk about last week? That was our plans for this. Yeah, challenge year. mode. Yeah. Challenge mode. Yes. Yeah, so I actually had a lot to do, and those are on my other computer. But basically, a lot of it is for me, one of my major goals is finishing a lot of the projects that I started last year because I started up a lot of things but didn't finish things, and that's kind of, I didn't really have a lot of output. I had a lot of ideas, but not a lot of things finished, and I just want to get shit done. Absolutely, and I understand that a lot as well. Uh, admittedly, I did not get much done on my challenge mode mm -hmm. uh, list this last week, but for me, I think it'll make a little bit more sense when we get to, to my presentation. Because the thing is that, so like you were saying, your convention was at like the beginning of this month, mm -hmm. but mine was just a week before the day that we recorded this episode. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we're at the one week anniversary of the first day of that convention. Um, and I got back in the middle of this week, basically. Yeah. So I haven't had a lot of time to work on those, uh, on those points. Um, although I did do a lot of great work while out there. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that that's a pretty good like about to leave it. No, and that's a pretty good summary though of what we have sort of been up to. Yeah, um, pretty much. Now, you, real quick, actually, before we head into it, is there any specific project that you were working on? Oh, uh, recently. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I've been working on. Well, I, last time I mentioned that I'm working on building a recording portfolio. Yes. Right. But well, one thing that I actually did this past week was I had a recording session up at the university I work at where I was doing some improvised piano stuff, running it through pedals, and just using that as a way to get more familiar in the studio. Right. And just kind of set a course for that whole project. That's awesome, man. Um, why don't we talk about, since we've already kind of teased it a bit, you were at MAGFest. Yes, I was. Um, at the beginning of this year. Yes. Uh, and so you also have been to MAGFest before. Yes. Um, so uh, why don't you present to, to me and to the... Rest of the Journey Under 30 crowd. All two of us. Yeah, all two of us and my mom. So that's a third person. Oh, hi. Um, hi, mom. Uh, hi, Colin's mom. What the convention was like and like the differences and everything like that. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know what MAGFest is, it stands for Music and Gaming Fest. And it's basically a kind of conglomeration of all the people that are involved with music, all the people involved with gaming, and everything in between. So you get a lot of people involved in the games industry involved in the music industry right well more so the the video game music industry Absolutely. which is all kind of the video game industry but there is a big kind of educational aspect to it so with all the panels a lot of it is kind of like okay so you want to learn how to use a tracker yeah tracker program let's figure it figure it out in an hour you want to learn how to use audio middleware for game design you want to get into doing a um what's the word for it a game jam yes. there is some ideas to get into it and between this year and the year past, I had kind of different perspectives on it. Mm -hmm. So the first year, I went with some friends of mine, Heidi, Yoko, Carlos, and Tommy, and it was more of a, it was more of, what I got out of that was more of the experiences I had with those people, right? It was, I didn't go to as many panels as I'd wanted to, but I still built really strong memories with people that mm -hmm. I really care about. But with this year, I didn't see these people until the last day. Well, the, the day before the last, the, right. the day before we checked out, well, I also went with my wife, Emily, and she unfortunately got sick as we were going down, so she didn't get as much time to see, she didn't, she stayed in the hotel room most of right. the time. Now, for those of you that are saying, well, why didn't you go home? Well, she wanted to stay, and she recuperated, mm -hmm. but um, 
So, but the second time around, it was mainly focused on the panel since I was kind of going it alone for the whole thing. Right. But I think I got, mo- I think I got more out of it this time around in terms of the information. Right. So now, yes. so one thing I'd mentioned with the last episode was trying to figure out how I can manage all of these things on my plate that I'm trying to do. Well, this magfest didn't help that now because I'm looking into doing things like game jams, learning game development engines, because that's something that I'd like to do, but I just need to manage it with everything else now. Nice, yeah. But, but yeah, so it's, I'm maybe feeling the, the convention blues a little less this time, partly because I was kind of disappointed with how this convention went. Not because of the convention itself, but just because of my experiences right. with it, and maybe because I was expecting expecting a cert, a different kind of experience. It's hard to go solo for yeah. sure. Like that is a big. I mean, truthfully, I think it doesn't matter what kind of convention you go to. Mm-hmm. Your experience. I mean, depending on what kind of person you are, obviously, some people prefer to be alone. Yeah. But the thing is, is that people, a lot of people, I think get more out of it when they can turn to the people next to them and be like, isn't that cool? Or, yeah. ooh, look at that. Or, what did you think about this person's presentation? You yeah, know, stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, that I mean, that does make a lot of sense. Um, what kind of panels specifically did you see in either year? Yeah. Um, just tell us a little bit about like, some of the stuff that you learned. Yeah, well, so one of the, the two biggest panels from last year mm-hmm. were the be, um, Becoming a Game Audio Designer and mm-hmm. the live streaming. Okay. Because that's what got me into live streaming. Live streaming your music. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also just getting into more making things and composing. And actually, one of my early projects that I still need to finish, which is on the list, is making music inspired by like that Game Boy RPG music. That's right. We talked about that, I feel like, on an earlier episode yeah. of this show, yeah, in yeah. fact. Um, probably whatever happened in January of, of 2018. Yeah. Um, just as a quick question, was there a specific presenter for that? one that kind of you know what I mean like or like for that one was it just sort of like someone that maybe you've never heard of before or was there like kind of like a for lack of a better term like a big name that was coming in to present on that topic i did we talk about ben burns at all or maybe i've been meaning to talk about we him. you and i have talked about it i don't think we've talked about it on this show yeah but ben burns made what color jump color jumper yeah, yeah, yeah color jumper that's right and you did you did a really good video in that oh thank you, thank um, you. he actually commented Yes, that's like, right. I hey, forgot you, for, that. you forgot that I also designed the game. Yes, I, and you're like, I can't believe I forgot about that. But so, was he the one that that led that discussion last year? Well, so he was on the panel of three people. So it okay. was him, Mark Strait, who has designed, who's more involved in like the horror music genre, right? And has made like sound, has done sound design for. Sorry, I'm a little. You're quiet. Has done sound design for like haunted houses and did like I think soundtracks for Dark Souls. Ooh. And then Alyssa Menace, who I'm sorry, I forget what she's done, but she's done a lot of cool stuff as well, very chromatic kind of music. Mm-hmm. And then there was the live stream pa- panel, which had um, Outstar. She's a, oh, she's like a European streamer. But okay. so for this year, some of the big panels that I saw were the um, the Game Jam panel, so how to make a game in 48 hours, mm-hmm. the uh, What Does like Music Mean by um, Adam Neely. Okay. There was also the music theory workshop with 8-Bit Music. That's right. Yes. And then there was another one with, um, you know, like the Unreal Tournament games? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the composer for that, Alexander Boyd, I think his name is, or mm-hmm. Alexander something. But he did a panel on the future of video game music and another one on using Wise, which is a game audio middleware. Right. Connecting the different events in a game engine to digital to, like, sounds specific. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... So yeah, so like I got more out of I, I got more educationally out of this one, mm-hmm. but like I didn't get as much emotionally. I yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, I just as a, out of curiosity, because I know that you were staying nearby, mm-hmm. did you participate in the eight? I think it wasn't just eight bit, but the eight bit band. What are they called? Eight bit. Eight bit music. Eight bit music. Yeah. yeah the, well, oh. so I didn't participate in any of the live jams. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I, was I, I was thinking about it, but then it's like, well, I only have my acoustic guitar with me, and then I wouldn't be super loud. And right. I tend to get... This they is, get loud. Well, they sure. well they get loud, but I also tend... I get a little, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, nervous in that kind of situation. Mm. Just because, like, I don't know these people. And I, I get... Like, with any any person who does something creative, tends to have some kind of insecurity. Oh, yeah. With me that comes out in live performance, because it's like, well, I know how to do these things, but 
is it like the best thing I could do? How do mm. I sound? All this other stuff. Yeah, because um, a friend of of ours, uh, or I guess friend of the show, um, Brandon Harris, mm -hmm. uh, he did one of those. Uh, he took his upright bass. Oh, and uh, and he did a, he did one of the live jams. Did, I mean, did, there was a guy that I saw with an upright bass at the Adam Neely panel. I wonder if that was him. It may have been. Yeah, well, I mean, in that kind of setting, like it'd be more like electric instruments as opposed right. to like an upright bass, which is big and heavy. At a I panel. think I think that he definitely sorry. I think that he definitely um, brought an amp with him, mm -hmm. but still, even then, it's like it's that's so scary. much stuff to take with you. Yeah. Um, give me one second. And as someone who just got an upright bass, excuse me. That's right. Um, talk talk to us about that. I know it's totally unrelated. Yeah, but it's real unrelated. Quick, real quick, mention yeah, sure. like talk about that because like that was a funny thing to me where like. Because of where you took the picture, I thought that you were playing one like in the studio. Yeah. And then like the next morning I found out that you had like bought it. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, what? So a student of mine, um, I won't say his name on air, but so he's an older gentleman. Well, not like old, but he's like he he's like about our parents' age. Mm -hmm. He's doing bass and guitar lessons and is really digging into like blues bass, which is really cool. Right. One day he asked me, Hey, do you teach upright bass? Mm. No, but I can learn. And then he buys himself an upright bass because he, yeah, yes. And he eventually decided, you know, what, I'm gonna buy like a more professional one that has like a pickup installed and all this other stuff. Well, he brings it to the store and says, "Hey, so I'm gonna, I was gonna take this up to Atomic Music, but I remember you mentioned that you'd be interested in getting an upright bass. Are you interested?" So I called my wife and said, "Hey, so I could buy a bass for three hundred dollars. Can I?" She said, "Yep, go ahead." Nice. So that's how I ended up with an upright bass. True love. <laughs> Well, so I don't know if this is part of the reason why it's 300, but it's a K upright. Yeah, that might be. So it's not like, it's not bad. Well, I don't have a lot of, I don't have the criteria for what makes a good upright bass, but like it works for me. I don't know if like it would be. Right. I mean, like it's that thing where it's like, it's not going to be something that you would go get a orchestral, uh, what's it called? Like double bass, right? Like, like well, no, size. but I mean, like, it's, you're not gonna go get like a symphony orchestra gig. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, like you're not gonna become the principal of like the national orchestra. But that's also not what you're looking to do either. No. You know, and I feel like a lot of what you're trying to do is a learn a new instrument, but also b have something to just make new sounds with and like yeah. create more creatively. Not to be not to use the word in the definition in a way, but like I feel like that's sort of what it all kind of boils down to is yeah. like. We are always all trying to create something new in a different way than yeah. we have before. And, like, obviously you own, I think, like, what, two or three electric bases, two. right? Two electric bases. Right. Yeah, yeah, So it's like, you know, having an upright bass is just something to add to your arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Even if I can't get it in tune, you know, I can still play it. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get those things in tune, like, truthfully. And, like, yeah. if Colin O'Brien is listening, I apologize. I definitely cheated all the time. I always had, like, a clip-on tuner. And needed oh, to use cheating? that. Oh. Well, no, I mean, just like, you know, in like orchestra, you're supposed to be able to like hear it from other people. You know, like someone gives you the note, but like, especially when it gets like really, really low, like I struggle to hear like how close it is to like the a note that's like way, way higher above it. Yeah. Um. I mean, like adjusting for pitch is one thing, but because I'm I'm coming from just like the, the fretted perspective, it's like I want right. to get it right on right away. Yes. And also upright bass, I feel like is uh in in a lack of a better term, like a more rock-oriented situation, definitely feels and sounds very different than it does in an orchestra. Yeah, and I don't just like mean that like kind of in bump, like, bump, bump, yeah, bump, like, bump, and it's not bump. just about like how you play, but I mean like legitimately like how it sits in a mix is definitely very different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, we'll, we'll get back to MAGFest. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I was taking some notes the here. Bass fest. To, to, to bring it all back a little bit yeah. later or to, to tie in some of my talking points. But uh, sure. let's see. So, Real quick, go over the panels that you went to again this year, just because I didn't so, write them all down. Yeah, so for this year, we had the... You had Game Jam, 8-Bit Music. Yeah, so we had Game Jam, 8-Bit Music, which was like talking about jazz theory and like... Right. So it was a, it was, a lot of it was like on slash chords, so the, mm -hmm. it's the idea of like you have... So for those of you that don't know music, I apologize, but for those of you that have a bit of music theory knowledge, it's this idea where you have, like, say if you're starting on your bass note C, mm -hmm. you start with a different chord on top, so say you have C in the bass and a D on top of that, that mm -hmm. would give you kind of like a Lydian sound because you have like the nine, the sharp four, and the six versus yes. something which would like a D, a D flat, which would be kind of like more of a Phrygian sound, which would be like your flat two or flat six. Yeah. So that kind of thing. But so there was the 
game jam there was the music theory there was the um the audio middleware so the wise there was the adam neely discussion which is actually really interesting yeah but he it was like a talking about the history of music starting from like its definitions as just measuring it like science in time as opposed to like science in a physical space yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of this sounds like super familiar. Is like it, it, so a lot of it was like tied in from like a lot of his other videos. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen a lot of his videos, then you'd probably like kind of you've probably seen it. That might it might be that you've shared some of his stuff with me before. Yeah, because like once you started talking about that, I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And like we didn't talk very deeply about what we saw or heard, mostly because we didn't want to ruin this discussion. Certainly. Which man, side note. That's yeah. a big thing for me. I feel like if you're going to talk about something for the first time on a podcast, don't tell your co-host beforehand because then the reactions are so, so much more subdued because like, person's like, like oh, yeah, oh yeah, double bass. Yeah. yeah. Now like, that's, that's a little <laughs> different because like, we had never talked about it here on the show and like, yeah. that was a little while back. So I was like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Talk about that. But like, it's more of like when you tell a story and like, that you already told that you already told, like the person's not going to laugh as hard, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Anyway, sorry, that was Podcasting 101, lesson number 12. Um, what episode is this? 32? This is 32, yeah. Of Journey 101, one, 101, season, well, I, season five. <laughs> season five. Um, we still get renewed, I don't know. Uh, so, okay. Well, season one, why wouldn't it? So, Adam Neely, okay, and then, uh, what, what, I would say, what was your biggest takeaway from this year? Well, mm, oh, and so, well. I'm remembering some other panels. There was the oh hip- yeah, sorry, the hip hop and video game music, which was interesting. Ooh. And then there was um how to make a living as a game That's design cool. person, which was interesting. I actually well I, because I didn't have because I was coming in like not really having a group. I tried to do more networking, right? So I just kind of on a whim, I met a guy who was involved with like films and stuff. And I also like have been emailing with a guy who does sound design for stuff. So nice. it's been you know trying to set up a right whatever. But um, my biggest takeaways from this, mm, things, I'm, I'm trying to like not spark this. If there's, if so at least for me, it made me realize that if there's something that I want to do, it's more attainable than what I think. Uh-huh. So like with like doing a game jam, like for a lot of like the major game engines, you can download them for free. It's just they take out a cut at some point well, with like Unreal, like when you publish your first big thing they take a cut out of that it's just like initially downloading it and using it it's free or like with wise same thing it's free but then when you go to like like publish a game then you need to like right take a cut of that but it's let me start it over but like in my research for getting into game audio design it always seemed like unattainable like okay so there are these things that like i need but i don't have kind of like with the adobe suite where it's like you need to have these things but in order to learn them you need to buy them and yes. they're not cheap but now it's like okay no. so here are these things <laughs> that i can get in my reach that i can yes. use so that's actually I, I think that's a really good point was that something that you learned this year or last year though this year okay um like some of the things like the live streaming like mm-hmm. that was more of a last year thing like i didn't i didn't really think much about it but then when i saw oh wait anybody can do this oh i can do this cool and I think that you do a really good job. And like, I feel like um, there's so much that goes into your music streams because there's a lot of different moving pieces, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. But there's a lot of, there's what? That was not English. There's also a lot of audio components. And it's like, you have to keep an eye on that stuff mm-hmm. at all times. And like, that's, that's a tough balance because like for when you're, playing something back, you know, you've got to pull it up, but then when you go to talk about it, you got to pull it down, or as you're editing something, you got to change stuff just so if anything's loud, it doesn't, you know, it's not blaring. Well, so what I usually do is I also, in OBS, I put a compressor on a few things, just mm-hmm. to, like, say with, like, the game, like, the audio from my computer, it doesn't, like, go over anything, so my my mic can usually cut through. Right. But there have been quite a few times where I forget to, my just mic isn't connected, and I don't realize it till like, half an hour. Through. oh man yeah. yeah and then i see oh wait there's someone watching it that didn't tell me that my mic isn't connected yeah that's and that's always tough i mean like i know that like depending on what's going on for me like i try to make it i have not been able to in a while and i feel bad about that but like one of the big things that a lot of the times i edit journey not journey nope 
mid takes mm-hmm. on Wednesdays during the day and evening. Um, and so sometimes, like if I'm done already, I'll go and drop by. But like if I'm still working on stuff myself, you know, I, I don't have the time. But sometimes, you know, like when I'm in the chat and there's also like a lag. So sometimes I'm telling you, like, hey, you know, you're you specifically are quiet, but then you're still talking for like 30 seconds before it finally gets to the point where you see it. Yeah. And you go, oh, whoops. And you turn it up. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Um, but again, I think it's very interesting because I do feel like most people who stream, or at least on Twitch, I would, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it's just like every time I feel like people talk about Twitch, it is mostly about gaming. Yeah. And so I think that it is just something that is underutilized, really, uh, is Twitch for non gaming related things. Um, yeah. Or live streaming, non-gaming related things, really. Uh, so I think that I think it's really cool though that you have taken those lessons and applied it to the to the aspect that is what you do or what you work on. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, yeah. And if anything, I'm just trying to use it as a way to dedicate two hours a week, two hours every a couple days a week, just to doing stuff that I don't usually get a chance to do. Because it's it's hard to like make that time for yourself, but if you can make the time for it, then you can right. get it done. Unless you get stuck in like the details of this thing isn't loud enough or it isn't sitting in the mix right. How can I adjust every tiny bit of the mix right. to make it fit right? Oh wait, no, that's not working. <laughs> oh wait, now my mic isn't working. Uh, but at also at the same time, though, it, it is also making a commitment. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes things move smoother. You know, I mean, in a way, it's a lot like, you know, I schedule out now in my calendar mm-hmm. the time that I'm going to edit things, yeah. which I did not used to do. So now it's a lot like, you know, by having something on my calendar that says, at this time, I need to be editing this show. If I'm not doing it, that means I'm failing at something. Yeah. Um. So I think it's, I think it's smart for you to have a, because like, it's that thing of hypothetically. Even if no one drops by, yeah. you know that you have a specific thing on your schedule saying, at this time, I have to work on it. And not only do I have to work on it, but I have to show people that I'm working on yeah. it. Yeah. And even if nobody's there, you're still getting stuff done that you can yes. put out later. Right. Exactly. And you do, like, because uh, you save stuff and everything, you then have a backlog of video stuff that you can work around with and mess around with and use for uh, for other means and, and things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, yes. thank you so much for your discussion points mm-hmm. on MAGFest. It sounds like you had a good time. It sounds like you learned a lot, especially yeah. this year. Um, I know that sometimes going to nothing but panels can sometimes actually be a lot, but it does seem like you got a lot of really interesting information out of it. Certainly. So before we talk about PodCon, uh, what I just got back from, uh, the marketing department has asked us to drop by. There's some pretty cool stuff happening. Ooh. And I implore you, dear listener, if you normally skip past this section, I think you're going to want to stick around for this one. Um, maybe that's just me personally, but like I, I do think that you're going to like what we have to say in this one. So uh, why don't we uh, head over to the marketing department? Cue that beautiful bean music. <laughs> Alex, Colin. we're making <laughs> uh, we're making a big change here at the network, uh, and that big change is that the ad break section of all of the shows on the network uh, they're going to be a little different, and uh, not a little different. They're going to be very different from now on. Colin, yes, Alex, that's right. <laughs> when we started this network, we knew a big goal for us was to make this our full time jobs, right. But in order to do that, you have to be able to monetize an otherwise unpaid form of media. That's extremely difficult to do. Yes. So Extremely depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. So we started working with sponsors to try to help change that. Um, And I know some people fast forward through ad breaks, kind of what I was asking people to hopefully not do. Um, Sometimes I do that. Yeah. Uh, But from now on, I'm hoping that people won't because we're no longer doing ads for other companies. Um, PodCon, which we'll talk a little bit about in a bit, mm-hmm. did open a lot of our eyes to, to many different things. One of the big things that the Nelson sisters, Morgan and James and I all walked away talking about was the importance of community. Yeah. 
Starting this week, the Scavengers Network will be spending our ad breaks to talk about the network and our other shows, as well as talk about other shows that aren't on the network but that also deserve recognition. So we hope you'll no longer jump through the section like I do and instead take a small (laughs) break from the usual programming to hear about our friends and other amazing artists. So who are we starting with today? Well, Colin, I'm so glad you asked. Today we're talking about Insanely Haunted, hosted by friends of the network Cassie and Max. Do you believe in ghosts? I'm not sure if I do, but Zach Baggins (laughs) does, or rather he does now after one paranormal experience changed his life. He decided to show the world how to see through his eyes one haunted location at a time. And he brought two idiot friends and they're going to hoot and holler about every damn thing because this is a ghost show for the common man. Ghost adventures begin in the mid-2000s, a wild time when nobody knew fashion and everybody was dumb. Now it's in its 15th season. The Ghost Adventures crew is still... They still travel to haunted locations where they lose their shit all night. On Insanely Haunted, we watch every episode of it. Come with us on this journey, won't you? Ooh, I think I will. Ghosts! And speaking of friends, this is a show hosted by our friend Tracy, or sorry, should I say Diane, and her co-host Florence. Think weirder thoughts. Contemplate life's biggest mysteries. Giggle until your giggler is sore. Listen to Paper News Out Loud for your weekly absurdist news venture into a stranger plane of existence. Your hosts, Florence and Diane, bring you the facts, made-up garbage, sarcasm, and jokes that you crave. Tune in every Tuesday to learn a thing and make a laugh. Find Paper News Out Loud on any podcatching app of your choice, and check them out on Twitter at Reality Out Loud. I cannot recommend this show enough. That's where the ad ends, and this is me personally, Colin Parker, one of your two hosts here. I can't recommend this show enough. Um, Tracy was actually one of my Airbnb buddies from PodCon, um, and James Anderson, also of uh, you know Scavengers Network and Friend and everything like that, uh, fame, he personally suggested this show to me, and it was in my queue, waiting to be listened to on the plane when I met Tracy, and was like, okay, definitely gotta listen to this show now, because this person is just unbelievably funny. So you gotta listen to it, because I can't get enough of it. Yeah. I feel good about this change. What about you? I feel great about it, and I have a useless random fact for you, since Okay, this is my thoughts. And So, did you know the electric chair was invented by a dentist? I did. Wait, why? Does it say why? No, I'm just on the freemaninstitute.com slash uselessfacts.htm. Okay, well, thanks well, for- Let me give you another one. Okay. Nutmeg is extremely poisonous if, if injected intravenously. That sounds horrifying. Did why you, would you put nutmeg into you like that? Did you know that no word in the English language rhymes with month? Whoa, dude. Did you know that Chinese crested dogs can get acne? <laughs> okay. I think it's time that we start the music and Did get back you to the know next that section. a cat's jaw cannot move sideways? So, Colin. Alex. I talked all about MAGFest. Yes. And yet, this isn't a one-person show. It is not. And we also talked about both of us having post-convention blues. That's very true. So, what are you feeling blue about? <sighs> I'm feeling blue Should I because I hear the blues of Colin. Should I grab a guitar? No, you you're good. Junk, go junk, go junk, go junk, go No, junk, do you, do you go know junk, the theme song to Frasier? No, Because gonna... I'm feeling the blues of Colin. I could talk Toss salad and it. scrambled eggs. I was just in Seattle, and I was in Seattle for PodCon with a whole bunch of our friends, not just from the network, but uh, some of the friends that we just talked about. I wanted to make sure that the two first two ads that we did on this week were people that was people that were sorry at the convention uh, with me and with Morgan and with the Nelsons and with many other people. Um, so PodCon, uh, obviously the podcast convention, yes, was started by. Hank Green and John Green, uh, two brothers of internet fame, and Justin and Travis McElroy, and it was an incredible time. Yeah. Um, it's like the thing is that I'm I've been tr- struggling to think of a way to condense this all into a very short presentation. The way that I probably will leave it in a way, not leave it, but like what I'll lead with rather, sure. is if you are a podcaster. And you can afford to go, it is well worth it. Um, 
Now, one of my big takeaways, I'm going to kind of go ahead and give one of my yeah. takeaways right now, um, is that podcasting and conventions and stuff like this, the thing is that podcasting is, again, it's a free format. Um, and I think that we could do much better with making podcasting more accessible to people, mm -hmm. especially people that are in more marginalized communities. Uh, this is going to sound a little weird coming from two white straight men yeah. on a podcast. The privilege is kind of through the roof here. It is. But the thing is, though, is that there really are enough of us in this media, in this, in this, I mean, honestly, and really in any kind of form of media, um, we have enough representation. Yeah. Um, and that did make some of us kind of double down on some ideas that we've already been working on. Morgan and I have been talking a lot about how to make podcasting more accessible to these communities um, so that if they didn't already have a show, to help them get a show that they might want to see made, get yeah. started, and to, you know, that, that we would help them make that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we really think that uh, not just at this company, but really as a whole, all of us who are, uh, who met through the Mimbim Bambino Podcasters Facebook group, we all believe in making things accessible and having more voices at the table. Yeah. Um, but PodCon was so white. Yeah. Also, yes, I did just get your message that you sent to me from right across the table with the tab to um, toss out and scrambled eggs theme from Fraser. Um, we are not going to be doing it. Oh. But thank you very much for playing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and that's a tough thing, right? Is that looking back at the convention, and realizing that I could probably count on both hands how many, uh, you know, people of color that I met at that convention, um, and uh, you know, just just how many white men there were. It was a little, it was a little outrageous. And like you know, it did lead to some jokes about pod podcon so white, but truthfully, most of podcasting is. Yeah, I think that this is a good year to start working on fixing that. Um. Something that we've mentioned before is it's pilot season for us, so we want to start making more products and projects with more people of different voices and different experiences. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a big takeaway for me, and that was not exactly something that they were trying to prove, it, you know, kind of thing, but it was something that you could not help but notice, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I want to kind of go over a couple of big talking points. Um, as, as, as much as there aren't a lot of opportunities in some cases for some of these communities, Something that we did notice was that audio dramas tend to be one of the best formats for people that are uh, queer and trans and non-binary. Any mm -hmm. anyone who's within that uh, that realm, that kind of identification—that's um, not the word I meant to use, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, that kind of representation is very good in audio dramas, and luckily, it's not people unlike you know Hollywood movies. It's not people asking straight, white, you know, cis people to play these parts. They're getting people who live these experiences yeah. to come play these roles because they clearly have that experience. Um, and I think that that is, is very important and very good. Yeah. Um, there's kind of an underground, I don't want to say movement because I don't feel like that's the right word for it, but there's this underground world of all these really amazing audio drama products that I feel like a lot of people are not aware of. That have these really great pieces there. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, a good another good friend of the show, Aaron King, um, did say to me the following: something I learned from PodCon one to PodCon two is that you don't have to go to all the things. Last year, I stressed about going to everything and ended up realizing that unless I anticipated asking a question, um, there's no real need for me to see a panel live versus waiting until the feed goes up later. So this year, she spent a lot more time just hanging out with people and being more relaxed and fun and happy. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, this next thing I think was a little bit more personal, so I, I just to make sure I don't want to hang on. Yeah. Which leads me... No, actually, no, I think this is, this is good. Which leads me to what I learned about myself, which is that apparently I have a social side that doesn't come out often, but apparently PodCon feeds it hard. Hmm. And I think that that's great. You know, she thought that she was almost too much. And I was like, I don't think you were. I said, I think that you have nothing to apologize for. Yeah. And she thinks that, like, compared to how she is normally, she was, quote, a lot. Mm -hmm. But 
that does also say a lot about us, the people that were there with her, that she felt comfortable to be her most yeah. with us. And truthfully, I felt that a lot as well. I obviously sometimes have a hard time not talking. I, I understand that I have an issue with shutting up. And Alex is looking around like, what? Who said that? <laughs> no. I, I get it. And one of my big things is that sometimes I just get very excited. Yeah. And when I get excited about something, my go-to reaction is to talk about it. Um, well, I, I do actually do the same thing. So like with teaching, I also well, I've mentioned to a lot of my students, like my goal for 2019 is to stop talking so damn much. Just because I'll, if it's someone that I feel like I can talk to and just talk through ideas with, I tend to just kind of like run the gamut of, hey ideas and theory and stuff right. but then like it, that loses a lot of people real quick so like well you know and sometimes you and i outside of the show yeah sit down and talk about something and we say and honestly jordan reed and i have the same issue right is that we'll call each other and say we'll be really quick about this yeah and then it's an hour to two hours later and we've talked about the stuff that we initially came to talk about but we talk about other things because as we talk about one thing we get excited about some tangents and mm-hmm. then we either just immediately start on the tangents or we write them down to come back to you later so I don't think there's necessarily an issue with being passionate and having a lot to talk about. It's just that sometimes because of my excitement, I talk so fast that I don't allow a lot of entry points. Yeah. And I and I'm not always aware of it. But some but recently I've been getting better at yeah. recognizing that. Certainly. Um I am gonna come back to this one because that ties into another point that I brought up. Uh but this one's I think this one's also great. Jen from I never saw that, mm-hmm. another friend of the show said she was reminded to pay attention to when I feel comfortable in social situations and try to recreate that as much as possible. Um, because basically, like, we all felt so, so good there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I put a personal post on my Facebook, and I know I've talked to you about it. But truthfully, I have never felt like I fit in more than I did at PodCon. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, more specifically, the best part, of PodCon to me, yeah. uh, where I felt even more comfortable, which was not even at PodCon. It was actually the meetup of people from the Mimbim Bambino Facebook, sorry, Mimbim Bambino Podcasters Facebook group. Yeah. We all had a get together. Last year at PodCon 1, there was probably about 20, 22 people. This year, we actually had more people than actually said that they were going to show up. We had, at maximum, we had 52 people in that room. Wow. Now, granted, I did also say that it could have been somewhere in like the high 40s and people were milling about. And so when I was trying to get a head count, it is possible that I counted a couple of people twice yeah. because they may have moved. But at one point when we hit kind of like the middle of the event, I was like, I'm going to do a head count now because it's probably going to be the most amount of people that we'll have. Um, and I do have a picture of about 40 of them mm-hmm. that I got closer to the beginning of the evening. Um, and it was just it was a lot of people and it was fantastic. PodCon was amazing because you mentioned networking with people. Mm-hmm. We had a table at PodCon, which we mentioned in, a, in, a, in other episodes, but the big thing for us wasn't about selling merch um, or selling our advertisers that we're now not working with. The big thing was meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And one of the best pitches, truthfully, that we had for, the, for us was when we said, well, we're in this group here, Scavengers Network, mm-hmm. but you'll notice that there are more cards on the table than there are shows in our network. And that's because we all met through this Facebook group and this wonderful community of these people, and we are sharing our table with them so that they have a space that they can also use. So our table, although people were kind of, I think, tentative to use it at first, it as we actually started meeting each other and stuff like that, people actually started using our table kind of as the hangout spot or mm-hmm. the meetup spot. like. Oh, well, when you're done with this, go meet us down at the table, you know? Yeah. Um, and that felt so good to me. One of my favorite things that happened all weekend was at one point I needed to go refill my water bottle. Yeah. And I walked away from the table and I came back and Morgan was talking to somebody about the Scavengers Network. Great. That's yeah. fine. She had been doing it all weekend. Morgan was the best. I cannot say enough about Morgan Spatola. Mm-hmm. We would not have been successful this last weekend if she had not been there. Um, or especially with, with the attitude that she had, like she was go get him. She was ready to go. It was great. Yeah. Love Morgan very much. Hi, Morgan. Uh, Hi, Morgan. uh, and so the thing is like, she was doing her thing and I was like, great. Love it. Can't get enough of it. But then next to her was seated someone that I had just met this weekend. 
and they were talking to another person. And when I walked up, I heard them telling a stranger about our network and also about the Facebook group that we all met in. But they were doing the same pitch. They didn't know the pitch, yeah. but they just sort of like, they knew us well enough to say, I, I can talk about it. Yeah. And we were all good enough friends that like everybody was helping push each other, not just our network pushing the other people, and yeah. vice, but also vice versa. And to me, that was amazing. And I can tell you right now, we're going to have a booth next year, mm -hmm. but it's probably not going to be for the network. It's probably going to be for the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. But it was it was amazing. And we had so many experiences and so many amazing ideas that were flying around uh, for new shows, yeah. new collaborations, even if it's just a guest spot. People were meeting each other and like making new friends. I mean, like the four people, or I'm one of those four, but the three people that I stayed with yeah. at that Airbnb have become some of my closest friends. And I only hung out with them for three days. Yeah. But Daniel Spencer, uh, Beth Lindley, and Tracy Wheatley, and I, we became like inseparable at that convention, and it was amazing. Yeah. And we also started a really, really great uh, initiative, which was something that Whitney and I had sort of started to talk about mm -hmm. this last convention before I had the conversation with the three of them. Yeah. We had talked about, could the Scavengers Network maybe sponsor somebody to go to the convention next year mm -hmm. to try and help bring more people in? Yeah. And then on Monday after the convention ended, my roommates and I sat down and we were like, hey, how can we get more people to go to this convention next year? And I was like, yes. Yes. I love this. It is infectious. Everybody wants more people to go. Yeah. So we started this really big, cool new uh, like committee and stuff like that, like and committees rather, yeah. to actually raise enough funds to get a minimum of five podcasters hope, and putting more emphasis on people of color and- um, and the LGBT community mm -hmm. to get more people in marginalized voices to the convention. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea is that people who are in need, who couldn't afford to go, yeah, we want to try and help get them there. Um, and I don't know, it's just this thing of, to try and wrap some of this stuff up, I feel like some of my favorite stuff was, A, meeting brand new people. Yeah. We met so many great folks there uh, that we didn't even know from the Facebook group, like brand new people. Um one of our favorite people that dropped by was from the Hypnos podcast. Uh, the two of them were fantastic. They did the two-minute adventures for yep. Myth Takes, oh, and nice. they also did the Create a Cryptid. Ooh. Their creations were so much fun. God, and see, like I feel like I have way too much stuff to talk about. All the stuff that we did do for our convention mm -hmm. was amazing. Yeah. Uh, for, our, for our company, rather. Um, I will say the one thing that we could not get, although he was trying to make it by, yeah. Clint McElroy said that he was going to come by our table, but he kept getting swamped. Understandably. So he couldn't make it to the table to do the two-minute adventure. But he did do a two-minute episode of Historical Hotties, Ooh. which was very fun. That episode came out this last Wednesday. He's the first guest on, so you should definitely listen. Um, and he's just such a charming man. Honest to God, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, like, he was a great person to me, but we had so many people do these two-minute adventures and do these creative cryptids. We got, like, maybe 40 creative cryptids nice. and probably about 25 or so of the two-minute adventures. Like, we have, I think, more than we can put in one episode, so it's probably going to be split up. Yeah. And it was so, so, so good. Uh, I could not tell you enough how good the little mini collaborations were. Yeah. And one of the best podcasting moments I've ever had- mm -hmm was we did a joke podcast on our way to get dinner on the last night. Yeah. Because originally, we were all going to go in separate ways, but we could not spend time apart. We were all refusing to say goodbye. Yeah. So we all went out to dinner, 15, 15 of us went to dinner together, and we couldn't find a place that would seat us. And so to buy time, especially because people were getting hangry, I started recording a podcast right then and there, and I interviewed almost everybody in the group of 15. Mm -hmm. And we did a six-minute podcast called Wait Time, um, which I've tweeted out the link. I can tweet it out again, maybe put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's extremely funny if I say so myself. Definitely give it a listen. Yeah. It's great. And there are so many new voices, at least to our network, that you may not have heard before. Um, so super, super great. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, because it, uh, it does tie back to something that you said mm -hmm. and something that someone else said. Yeah. I will say the interesting thing about panels at other conventions is that you do kind of, if you want to go see it, right, you kind of have to go. Yeah. The one thing that I do think is great about PodCon, and I wish more conventions did this, is they record everything. Yeah. So if you missed it, 
later on, you'll get remote access to it as someone who attended, and you'll have that stuff. So I didn't feel bad when I got stuck at the table for a long period of time and couldn't go to some of these panels because I'll be able to see it later yeah. or hear it later. Now, um, part of the problem. So yeah. Magfest is something similar, but oh, do they? Oh, that's good. Yeah, but they don't record every mm. panel. So like, there were some that I wanted to see last year but couldn't go to, mm-hmm. but they weren't put up. It's very possible that some of the, for lack of a better term, smaller panels, yeah, may not be up. Um, and like, I don't want to call them smaller panels because to me, everything that was being presented was important. Yeah. Um. But some of the things that were in some of the smaller halls were may not have been recorded. I do hope that they are because uh, the representation, sorry, trans representation in audio drama mm-hmm. was such a good panel. And although I did take some notes and stuff like that, I really, I really would like to have the recording of that because it was they they didn't just talk about trans. It was also about like non-binary and um, other identifications of people that are kind of overlooked often. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually kind of where both David Hanna, who uh, did bring up the point that I mentioned earlier about, you know, this kind of underground movement of audio dramas that have this representation. Yeah. But like we learned about even more audio dramas than I actually knew existed for this sort of thing. Hmm. So it's great. Um, that being said, I, I did want to point something out that I think was very, very good and very interesting. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of ties back a little bit to you talking about the unreal people. Yeah. Um, now, this isn't something of a company that takes any cuts because obviously a lot of the people that use it are using it for stuff that's free already. Yeah. But um, using something like Unreal that starts off free and stuff like that, yeah. you give them a cut if you're selling it and stuff like that, that is good accessibility. And that's something that we need more of Certainly. in every form of art. Yeah. Something that was unbelievably amazing to me was that Griffin McElroy did a panel, not panel, but like basically people could sit there and watch him edit. And he edited, uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but he edited something. Um, and everything that he used was free. Yeah. And he talks about how essentially everything he uses is free. Now, some of his music creation stuff that he uses now is paid. Yeah. Like he uses a slightly better program and some paid sounds. but he used to create all the music through the gen- uh, generic sounds that come with uh, GarageBand. Yeah. In fact, I have specifically sometimes for mid-takes found sounds knowing that it was used in uh, in the Adventure Zone yeah. and was like, I love that sound. I need to find it. So I went and found it and I was like, I, like, I know what this can do or like, you know, like what that soundscape can be. Yeah. So I'm going to use that same sound effect, but to my own needs Certainly. and purposes. Um. And so he uses Audacity still. Yeah. Even after close to 500 episodes of Mim Bim Bam, and even though that sometimes it drops audio and stuff like that, they still use uh, Audacity. Um, he uses a program that is a very interesting find, at least to me, and I'm going to start using it more, uh, something called Levelator, hmm. um, which is something that's like he exports things and then puts it through Levelator, then brings it back. Um, and it makes sounds more consistent. So does it like limit and compress? It's kind of like limiting and, and compressing, but like uh, it's just this thing. I mean, like, well, sorry, yes, that's basically what it is. But it's it's a mostly automatic thing uh-huh. because the thing is that sometimes, no matter how much I mess with some of our soundtracks, mm-hmm. uh, some stuff doesn't get caught by some of the um, pedal, not pedals, but like plugins and stuff like that. Like, yeah. even as we've been speaking today, you and I have both been moving away from our mics and everything like that. If I edited it my normal way. No matter how much I edit, edited certain points, some things will only be brought up so much. Yeah. But Levelator tries to minimize some of that, like, for lack of a better term, error. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a really, really great tool. And I, I think that, that like, out. yeah, I, it looks really great. Um, and I was like, man, I, I know that I already have a complicated editing system because personally, I use Audacity to clean audio mm-hmm. and then I use a not free DAW to edit. Yeah. Um, but that's just mostly because I get very lost sometimes in Audacity because you can't color code. And you also can't just like move tracks as well. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's like moving tracks in Audacity is one of the hardest things I've ever seen. Yeah. So how he does all that is baffling to me. Um, although I'm sure he probably does something where he mixes down certain bits and then brings it in and then brings in another track and that, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. But she's Reaper. Yeah. But the thing is that Reaper is not that expensive. So it is fairly. It's technically paid for, but you do have uh, unlimited trial period. Well, 
unlimited in the sense that you're not feature restricted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you also need to learn how to use a doll, whereas Audacity is more of kind of Audacity like, is definitely very user friendly. It's more like kind of like the M- like or beginner MS Paint kind of. Yes, yes, yes. It's like the di- well, I don't want to say it's the difference between MS Paint and Photoshop, but it's definitely like Paint like, 3D and Photoshop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a good that's a good way of describing that. Um, so stuff like that. I think that we need more panels like that. Yeah. Um, especially because it is very hard to, I think, in these days as an artist, get paid. Um, so having more things that make things accessible and cheaper and more easily used by everybody means that more people can create. And yes, I do think that there's the joke of, uh, in the nineties, everybody was always like, dude, let's start a band. And nowadays it's like, dude, let's start a podcast. But the thing is, is that every podcast is different. Yeah. I don't care how many different versions of... Buffy rewatch shows that there are out there. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that there's only going to be one probably that you are going to listen to. Yeah. And it's because you may listen to multiple different ones, but you're going to find the one where their opinions matter the most to you. Maybe challenge your views. Maybe it's your friends who do it. And you're yeah. like, I want to hear my friend's opinions. It doesn't matter what that take is. There's the biggest thing is that like whenever someone says to me, what makes your show so special or like so different than this show? And then yep. I'm always like, because that show doesn't have me or that show doesn't have my friends. Your voice is unique and different, every single person. And I think that podcasting and music uh, and even video game creation yeah. is very evident of that. I mm-hmm. think art shows that none of us are truly cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's probably everything that I have. I just like basically like long story short, PodCon was life changing for me. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can find a way to go and you're a podcaster, please go. Like it was amazing. And let Hank Green and Travis McElroy and Justin McElroy and John Green that you want there to be a PodCon three. Yeah. Um, I know that because it is a smaller convention, the big thing for them every time is we gotta crunch the numbers and see if it's feasible. As long as they can get close to breaking even, they'll keep doing it. Please help them break even or promise them that they will next year. Help them make another one because I cannot imagine never meeting some of these people ever again. Yeah. It it would just be heartbreaking to me. Um and I'm not saying do this just because of me. I'm saying like do you, it just because you of will, Colin. You will Colin have those experiences. Needs your help. I do need your help in so many ways. What is that Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker song? Or is that her? No, it's someone else. It's like No, I you, was like, that's you, not her. Oh, who is up her? It's like with the with like the orphan children and like animal the pe- animals and like Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Lachlan yeah. Lachlan. In the arms of the angel. angel. It's like two AM, you're like sobbing and you're like, What did I do to deserve this? Well no, it's two AM. You just woke up because you fell asleep on the couch and you just fear feared you, you yes, feel you, tears rolling down yeah. your eyes. Like, what did I Why do? Why am I crying in my sleep? Yeah. Oh, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Um so yeah, my my closing statement though is that this is life changing. Conventions like this, and also, even if you're not a podcaster, find your specific podcon. Yeah. Find the convention that will be life-changing and life-affirming for you. Find the communities online that are supportive and lovely and not full of garbage people um, that will make you comfortable to be who you are to its fullest form. Again, I've never felt like I fit in more than I did with this community. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um, also, one last quick shout out. We did also meet Bill Henderman um, physically in person, the person who makes Shortwave. He was on a previous episode. I believe it's like episode nine. Yeah. He was on, uh, and we're probably going to have him back again because like, I want to talk to him about so many things. Yeah. And Bill is such a freaking funny dude. Um, yeah. Again, I think that podcasters in general tend to have some sort of humor, even if they do a serious show. Like, you know, not everyone is, obviously, but like, I think a lot of us. Especially if we're in, we meet because of comedy shows. Yeah, we all have some idea of comedic timing. Yeah, Bill Hannerman was like one of the life of the party. Yeah, he was just one of those people that everybody could not get enough of. To the point where if Bill wasn't around, people were like, "Where the hell is Bill?" Yeah, someone text Bill <laughs> right now, and I'd be like, "I'm on it, I'm getting Bill over here." Um, great dude, so good to see you, and thank you so much for shortwave. Yeah, um, and also specifically thank you for putting both myth takes. 
and spooky spouses into your commercial, your 30 second ad that you yeah. have put out your video ad about um, shortwave. Thank you so much for including us in that. That means a lot to us. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. Um, so I think the big thing for me is that like, obviously this whole episode has been what we learned. Yeah. Um, so maybe my big call to action here is audience. Have you been to a life changing thing? Have you been to PodCon? Have you been to MAGFest? Let us know what your takeaways are, not just from what we said, but from your experiences at similar conventions. Yeah. Is your life changing? How is it changing? (laughs) Please don't talk to us about (laughs) puberty. We are not the people to have those conversations with you. Uh, But other than that, anything else, you're fine. Yeah, anything else is game. So, Colin, what are you going to work on this week? What I'm going to work on this week is I'm actually going to now finally start working through some of my smaller challenges um, that we mentioned in the last episode. Uh, and start prepping for our boo, 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 February catch-up challenge. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff planned for that. Um, we have a so birthday coming up, too. We do. That is very true. That week's episode will probably be released on that day. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the Tuesday. Um, so I believe it's a Thursday this year. Yeah. Um, but just in case you're a first-time listener, Alex and I have the exact same birthday. Yep. Just a year apart. Um. So that does mean that we only, well, I only have two years to make it onto the Forbes 30 under 30. Alex has three. Um, so we do need your listener support and we need you to believe in us. Please. Kind of like you have to believe in Tinkerbell for Santa. Her to, or, or, or Santa. If this is the magic of Christmas. If you don't believe in us, we'll never make it to that list. So tweet at us. Um, tweet at Forbes. Yeah. Tweet at Forbes and say, hey, listen to these boys. They belong on this list. For some reason, they belong on your list. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, what are you working on, Alex? What am I working on? I'm probably going to be working through some projects. Mm-hmm. I have some Myth Takes music to get started on. Ooh. I have some just other pro. Well, I keep saying other projects. Um, I'm just working through a backlog of ideas, seeing how, seeing how much work I could get on them. Even if I don't finish them, just mm-hmm. like getting a little closer to getting done with stuff. And maybe some music for a new show that's coming out, maybe? Mm- Maybe another new show that might be coming out. Something about oh, that's mixed right. drinks. That's true. There's there's two different new shows that are probably coming. Not probably just coming. Just we're not sure when. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's cool. Ooh. Ooh. We're moving around. We're both, no yeah. We're both swaying a lot, like as if the music is already playing, but it's not. <laughs> um. That's cool though. So uh, sorry. So you're working on those things. Anything yeah. else? Um. Dog training. Nice. Oh, Gromit. He's a good boy. He He'll is, be except a- he jumped up on me oh did he really oh yeah well he like he doesn't he's still learning that he shouldn't jump up and it's partly our fault because it's like it, it, it was cute mm-hmm. and now it's not yes no, i understand if that, you stare yeah. at him long enough he like doesn't know what to do so he jumps up so he jumped up well he'll be a even gooder boy yes he will um he'll be a gooder good boy uh with the dog training so yes he will i think that's a pretty good spot to leave it at though what do you think i think so as well so colin yes Please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, Ooh. such as Amateur Detective Club. Yes, very much so. Uh, they are somewhat newer to the uh, to the network. Um, so uh, I know we've talked about them a couple of times, but make sure to go give them some love. They sent us a very lovely video, by the way, when we were at PodCon oh. to say that they missed us and that they wish they could have been there. Yeah. Thank you so much um, to the three of you, Melissa, Tyler, and Tristan. It was very nice and was very heartwarming. Yeah. You can find that show and all of our other shows on whatever podcatching app that you choose. Yeah. Um, and very soon you'll be able to find uh, episodes of the shows on our website, which is scavengersnetwork.com. Yes. Um, if you want to find me personally on Twitter. Why? Um, okay. Well, <laughs> if you wanted to talk about the things that we asked you to tweet to us about, you can find me at Colin, C-O-L-I-N-M, as in Matthew Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R, at Colin M. Parker. Cool. You can find me on Twitter at French AT Music, French at Music, French Alexander Taylor, but it's AT Music. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitch at French Alexander, and you can find both of us at Scavengers Net. Let's see. So this episode is coming to you on right now. Yes, you're listening to it right you're now. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> um, no, but this episode, if you're listening to it the day that it airs, you are listening to this episode on January 29th. Normally, we're skipping two weeks, but remember, February is our catch-up challenge. 
which does mean that the next episode airs on February 5th. Ooh. That's spicy. Soon. Spicy and soon. 2-5. What's the joke we can say with 2-5? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> so thank you for joining us here on Journey Under 30. I'm Alex. And I'm Colin Parker. And we'll see you on the board. Pew, pew.